0: Welcome to Minisode 20 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart, I'm Glasgow's Cut Rate Cronenberg. <laughs> <laughs> there it goes, you finally got one. <laughs> how's it going, man? you alright? I'm alright man, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good, I'm really impressed with that.
1: Oh, that's fine. Thanks. Um, how's your week been? Uh, it's been okay. I've been busy. Okay. Got a lot of kind of day job stuff. I've also been doing a fair bit of writing this week, so okay. yeah. Um all good things. Um squeezed in any viewing? Uh I did finally check out Better Watch Out. Oh yeah, okay, what do you think? I thought it was alright, yeah. I know you uh have a different opinion. Do not like
0: that film. Uh, I'm very much in the minority It's a very well liked (laughs) film in general Um, It really doesn't do anything for me at all Why? What show you're working? The story doesn't really do much for me But I think that my problem with it is um, And I understand that you're not supposed And this kind of bothered me I came out of it and I said that I didn't like it And the reason that I didn't like it Is because I thought that the kid in it The main kid Mm -hmm. was terrible Right, okay and people were like, "Oh, you're not supposed to like him." I was like, "No, no, no, I'm aware of that. I don't need what a villain is explained to me. I thought he was a bad actor." Bad actor, right. Okay. And mm-hmm. so um and yeah, that's not me misunderstanding what his character what function his character is supposed to serve in the film. I just mm-hmm. don't think he's good. And I think that because he's in basically every frame of it, I think that it's difficult to come back from that. Right. Okay. Um mm-hmm. I think that I probably should go back to it at some point because again, it was like I saw it towards the back end of a festival so it was maybe like. You saw it right first, right? Yeah. And it was, so it could have been like film 22 of 25 or something like that. <laughs> I always think if I come out of something like really vitriolically disliking it, I should probably give it a second.
1: Go. <laughs> well, anytime you want to pop over, we can have a little night of Festive Horrors and uh, chuck
0: that into the mix. Oh, definitely. Speaking of Festive Horrors, uh, I was out this week to the GFT in Glasgow for the Glasgow Youth Film Festival screening of Anna and the Apocalypse. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: shit sorted. You know you had mentioned that to me and I totally forgot. Yeah, no. Yeah, um, I totally forgot
0: about it. I saw it at Fright Fest, loved it, wanted to go see it again uh, when it came back. Also a good thing to support. Yeah, like, sure. Glasgow Youth Film Festival, it's a cool thing. They're showing some really cool stuff over this weekend, this past weekend is when this comes out. But like, um, yeah, um, it held up really well on Second Watch. I think it's out theatrical at the end of November. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think this is great. It's like pretty cheesy in a lot of ways. But yeah. but I think that it kind of embraces musical that. by nature Yeah, I think so.
1: kind of forces you down that road.
0: And I think the interesting... Yeah, I agree. And I think that the interesting thing about it is that it's pretty gory. Mm -hmm. And I think that there was this possibility that it might be a little too much of a kind of cheesy musical for horror fans and too horror for musical fans. Right. But as it turns out, it seems like from the reactions that I've been seeing it getting, both are kind of embracing it. Oh, good, cool. which is great, and it, like yeah, and it is well deserved because it's a, it is a really good film. And uh, John McPhail, director, was there with some crew for Q and A. Uh, he's got another film coming out. It's not horror. Uh, where do we go from here? That's been playing
1: festivals for a while. It's more of kind of comedy drama type thing. Yeah, it's about an old folks home. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: It's um, it's it's. I think it's getting um, it's getting a theatrical nationwide from the twenty first. All right. Okay. So I'll try and get it and check that out. So yeah, Anna and then the apocalypse was great, but unfortunately, it was kind of the only island of decent stuff in a week where I watched. A lot of things that I didn't particularly <laughs> like, to varying degrees. I didn't like.
1: I had a feeling that this was going to be uh, the way you were going to go. We try not to talk too much about uh, the the show that we're going to record beforehand, just so we don't kind of cloud each other's opinions. Um, but the very, very brief chat that we had, that was kind of, it was kind of preceded by an enormous sigh, and I got the feeling that this isn't going to be the sunshine kid that we've come to know and love. This is going to be very much uh, a more negative Mitch.
0: Yeah, and I really like doing this bit of the show normally, because I, normally it's like something that I can come on and enthuse about. And yeah, not so much this week. Uh, so first off, I watched, and I'm, I'm not going to write this off, because it's episode one of ten, so you know. Yeah, sure. But um, I watched the first episode of the Purge series. Okay. Uh, which in the UK is available on Amazon, well, Amazon Prime. Prime yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's a one episode a week type deal. Yeah, there's two out just now. Right. So I watched the first one, and I will watch the second one, and I will stick with it. But um, I am just already getting this feeling that this is not the right format for the story. Okay. The just, go on. I haven't it just, watched it yet. I saw it was on there, but I haven't got into it. It's so the the, uh, the episodes. I'm saying this. The first episode, anyway, is 50 minutes. Okay. And I would say that that felt baggy to me, um, <laughs> uh, and it's it's difficult to say. Like I say, I mean, you don't you don't know what's gonna happen, pacing wise, and things with where it goes. I think that with the purge, what I would have liked, if you were gonna do a series adaptation, and, it, and this might come into it to a certain degree, I would have liked it to have been an anthology, right? Set on one purge night. Okay, I think cool. that would have been cool. You know, like I'm in a kind of like feed itself or masters of horror kind of way, right. except mm-hmm. um all kind of against the backdrop of this one thing, where everything changed week to week. Right. Um, I don't think it's going to do that. Yeah, I have reservations about the Purge series. I was not convinced. you
1: You have reservations about the franchise in general.
0: That's true at this point, I suppose. That's a fair comment, actually. Yeah, you think yeah. it, it's peaked at two and then been on a steady decline since, in your opinion, yeah? Yeah. I think that's probably fair. Definitely <laughs> I am definitely I'm not keen on three and four. So yeah, that's that's actually a fair point. Maybe me and the purge are done. <laughs> um, There's no coming back for Mitch and the Pudge. No, maybe not. Maybe not. Conscious uncoupling. Precisely. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I saw The Lodgers on Netflix. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an Irish production. It was gonna be a late film on the Thursday night of Breakfast Glasgow this year but got canceled because of the snow. Yeah, the beast. Um yeah, didn't like this either. Oh, particularly. I right, okay. Um, so Again, it's fire away. Yeah, so it's like you've got this kind of brother sister who live in this kind of huge house and every time they go to bed the house seems to be kind of occupied by this kind of presence. These people who are the lodgers. You don't mm-hmm. really see them as such but and there's kind of rules about it and like you know about not leaving your bed and if one of them tries to leave then the other one is in serious danger and all this kind of thing. And I don't have any problem with any of that, but I just think that it was, it kind of felt like atmospherics over and above everything else. Okay. And I didn't really feel like the story had far to go and it didn't go far. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I thought that it was kind of a little bit smoke and mirrors and it's came into atmosphere at the expense of kind of being kind of particularly narratively engaging. Performance wise, there's nothing particularly wrong with it. I just mm-hmm. found it a bit kind of bland. Ah, right. Okay. Um, but I'm not going to dismiss it out of hand. I think if you like this sort of thing, Mm-hmm. then it could be worth a go although what I would say is I saw The Secret of Marrowbone earlier on oh, yeah, the oh yeah that's right we talked about it on many mini that's yeah. right yeah and it's it's not the same but I would say it's, it's kind of a natural pair with it and I would say that that handled certain kind of similar elements in a way that I preferred Marrowbone yes right okay uh, and finally, I've made it out to the cinema again this week. Hey. Killing it with those actually going to the cinema yeah. uh, things. Yeah, getting uh,
1: those new releases poured straight into your eyes. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, the Nun. Ah, Corin Hardy's The Nun. Corin Hardy's okay.
1: The Nun. Uh, okay. No, no, I think in the last minisode we had mentioned that Critical Reception so far had not
0: been great. With good reason. Ah, okay. For me anyway. Um, I... God, if people are listening to this one out of, like, you know, if, if this is someone's first minisode, yeah, they're, they're going to think, God, oh, this guy's fucking miserable.
1: Yeah. And that's uh,
0: not the case. He's normally
1: very chirpy, very happy, and likes most things, like, kind of kind of like a Labrador.
0: Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, get, I, I, I greet new films with the enthusiasm of a dog that's been left in the house for six hours. <laughs> So tell me a bit about the nun. the nun. The Nun, it's set in 1952. Yeah. Um, it's mostly in uh, Romania, I believe. And it's kind of, uh, it begins with a nun hanging herself. Oh, uh, right, okay. Kind of, and what appears to be her being egged on to do it by, dare I say it, a demonic presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of after that, that kind of gets investigated mm-hmm. by a nun or kind of, uh, I don't know what the word is, but kind of a, like a nun in training one that hasn't taken their vows yet. Right, And okay. it's played by Tessa Farmiga. So they come out and investigate it with the aid of kind of a local, a French-Canadian guy who lives there. So it uh, kind of gives the film its kind of sort of romantic subplot. Obviously, that can only go so far. Mm-hmm. One of the characters is a nun. But uh, yeah, it's that. The kind of look of this is fine for the most part. Some kind of ropey CGI in there for me. Right. Performance-wise, it's mostly I think just kind of like a little bit workmanlike. It's difficult to tell where a bland performance ends and bland writing begins sometimes, and I right. think that okay. that applies here. The scares are pretty formulaic and mostly don't land for me. <laughs> um, so that's that's not great. Uh, yeah, I I've quite quite like the look of the nun as a presence. Right. I am still of the opinion that. I haven't seen a Conjuring offshoot film yet that I think really needed to exist. Um, and by that, I mean Annabelle was also crap, in my opinion. <laughs> um, although I haven't seen Annabelle Creation, but I, I didn't care for Annabelle. I do not like The Nun. If anything, I would maybe make the contention that I like The Nun less. Than Annabelle? Wow. Yeah, and I didn't like Annabelle. So, like with the caveat that I think that Conjuring 1 and 2 are both really good. Yeah. And uh, I think that ultimately The Nun ties this back in with a kind of coda that I quite like. Okay. But, yeah, it doesn't land in many other ways, uh, which is unfortunate. But I think that I think that we said that I think they're making a Crooked Man film. I is. had heard something about a Crooked Man film, although I'm not entirely sure. I am of the opinion, I think, that of the kind of villains and iconography in the Conjuring series, the Crooked Man is the only one that on paper really needs a spin-off or merits a spin-off. Right. I'm still not convinced that that's true. That's, well, that's legitimate as well, I suppose. <laughs> but, like, I think that my favourite parts of The Conjuring 2 involves the Crooked Man. Okay. And as a result, when it was like, they're making a film about one of the villains, I was like, oh, cool. And I was like, it's the nun. I was like, why? <laughs> because the story is pretty. Kind of standard issue. The power of Christ compels you drivel, right. really. Mm-hmm. Which I think, if you're gonna do again now, you need to do something kind of new and kind of fresh. And the nun doesn't do that. I'm not saying don't watch it, but manage your expectations down. I think the the kind of wannabers is kind of on the wane for me a little bit. So yeah, thus concludes my miserable bastardry for the week. Jesus I'm going to perk up now yeah, uh, because him. yeah, the shop one hundred, and uh, just the one this week again, unfortunately. But good story attached. Ah, so angst. Yeah, the 1983 Austrian film directed by uh, Gerald Cargill. Yeah, uh, which I thought was great. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's deeply unpleasant. And I think <laughs> that uh, one of the reasons... F- for one thing, I want to say going in that I don't know what I based this on because I don't read much about the films of the Shotways 100 before I watch them. Uh-huh. If I don't know about them, I don't educate myself before I watch them. I kind of just i do my reading up afterwards. Okay. And for some reason, based on very little, I kind of took it into my head that this was more of a kind of serial killer piece. Right. Um, Which... I suppose in a way it kind of is, mm-hmm. but obviously not in a kind of rampage way. It kind of centers around mostly one One kind, incident. Of, one kind of, yeah, one incident. Thank you. I thought it was stronger for that. I think that kind of focusing on the ugly details of that made it extremely uncomfortable viewing. Mm-hmm. And the details are ugly and they're portrayed starkly. Yeah. Like it's very hyper-realistic and very unflinching. Yeah. Um, very, and, very unflinching. And a lot of kind of like dragon bodies around and stuff like that. And it just, it's just, really really unpleasant for pretty sustained periods of time um <laughs> pretty but, much
1: from the beginning from the outset almost it's yeah uncomfortable from the open until the end i would
0: say but i think it it, it 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 sets out to get a certain reaction from you it does that mm-hmm. i think yeah. it's, it's really really strong um i think it's it's not dislodging angel heart in audition from the top two slots of the things that i've watched so far for mm-hmm. this but it is i thought was great and um yeah, the reason that we were actually in a position to able to to be able to watch angst because this is
1: actually a good while ago. that if we were doing them in order, this would have fallen a while ago.
0: Yeah, it would have, and I mean I've had to jump around a little bit. Um, but yeah, I've mostly been trying to do them alphabetically, and we couldn't with angst because it's just like. Simply put, it's just not the easiest film to get hold of
1: in the UK. And we didn't want to go down any nefarious roads watching it illegally or downloading it illegally or
0: anything like that. That's not what we're about at all. Yeah, no, there aren't many rules to the Shockwaves 100 Viewing thing, but I think that obtaining them all legally is one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So a a while ago, and it was a total long shot, we put a feeler out, our feelers out, about um, if anyone owned it or were in a position that they had a copy, they had access to one that they could loan to us or whatever, um, then we would appreciate that. Kind of didn't really think that that would come to anything.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, yeah, I certainly didn't. I was all prepared to eventually just get round to buying it.
0: But um do you want to say uh, just a massive thank you to um, long-time listener, contributor, friend of the show, Dennis Extra atherton yeah, um, yeah. Dennis got in touch and basically said that it was missing from his collection. So he would order the multi-region dvd for himself Uh but arranged to have it delivered to me first so i could watch it and then just basically send it on to him yes which was totally over and above the call of duty just a really really cool thing to do
1: yeah super super cool thank you very much for doing that dennis i appreciate it yeah as a hero he the is. man is a hero he is. Uh, also worth noting uh, Angst uh, is one of Gaspar Noé's favourite films he cites it as a massive inspiration on his work
0: oh I uh, could see that yeah I mean I, even just now thinking to the kind of the kind of uglier moments in Climax even yeah mm-hmm. uh, it's obviously like very different stuff but uh, yeah I can see that yeah it's very uh, he deals very similarly in kind of uh, unrelenting stuff and kind of deal, but, like depicting things very brutally so what's that now? Fourteen? Ah, fourteen or fifteen? Uh, I'd have to check. Yeah. But yeah, so um,
1: still I'm, a long way to go. Long way to go, regardless. I'm, I'm, fourteen or fifteen, still ages to go. I'm
0: growth. really gonna have to. I'm really gonna have to start a lo- lo- kind of piling these on. I think. Yeah, yeah I think so. We fa- so we finally got angst off the list, and like I say, uh, one more time, just a big thanks to uh, Dennis Extra-Afton for getting in touch yeah. and uh, being super helpful. Thank
1: him. you, Dennis. Yeah. So moving
0: swiftly on yeah <coughs> dun, 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 dun. what have they been saying what have they been saying it's a feedback <laughs> section yeah. and um quite a few this week and um first off take a quick look obviously it's kind of still pretty fresh but a couple of things about uh, night train to terror <laughs> yep. um big thanks to mr graham humphreys for coming on again Join yep, us for that. absolutely that was a lot of fun it was a really nice chat um so we had scout the horizon on uh, uh, Mitch on Instagram getting in touch saying, "Oh hell yeah, immensely fun film." Uh, other side of the coin you have, I suspect. Uh, yeah, I have uh, Stevie at Film Fan Stevie getting in touch
1: saying, "Just watched the first thirty minutes of Night Train, Night Train of Terror. Um, what the <laughs> hell am I watching? A conductor that's trying to ignore the band and dancers. Well, the first story is jaw-droppingly bad. Shame the doctor wasn't named Faust." Okay. So there you go. That's uh, thanks for that, Stevie. Uh, obviously, I hope it got better. Maybe you didn't continue on after those first
0: thirty minutes, uh, which yeah, I think's a shame. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think so because because I agree. I think that the uh, the first story is the weakest one right. as presented. That's right. <laughs> so I think that um, I think it does get better after that. So I, no, think, I hope you saw it out. I think looking at strengths and weaknesses when it comes to Night Terror is a kind of fool's errand. That is a fair shout. Actually, <laughs> no, that's that's fair. We also had um, a quick one on Life Force. Uh, Johnny Organ on Instagram, uh, oh, yeah. feeding back saying the last episode about Life Force was the best yet. I hoot to listen to from start to finish. So oh, funny. thanks very much. Thanks Thank a lot. I, that was a lot fun that one actually i must say <laughs> i have
1: uh something on sauce 6 you'll be pleased to hear mitch oh okay um gabriel robertson on twitter at writer gabriel got in touch saying finally caught up with the sauce 6 episode of the strong violent pc with andy makes stuff and watchfires, mitch it was class oh cool there okay excellent thank I you very much gabe
0: i wonder which side of the line he is on about sauce 6 Interesting. Um, yeah, I'd be curious to know
1: Interesting. that. Interesting. I have a vague recollection of uh, Gabriel having messaged at the time when we did the episode with Preston saying that he thought Halloween H2O was his favourite of the series. Okay. So No stranger to controversial, controversial opinions. No, 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 not at all.
0: I would imagine he probably thinks it's the best. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or, Gabe. Or up there. Gabe, get back in touch. Let us know what you think. I would really like to know. I had, um, I have a couple of things about last week's Mitch's pitches. Oh, that was a fucking riot. Um, which, uh, <laughs> yeah, seems to have gone down pretty well. So. um... If you missed it last week, uh, Mitch's Pitches, the image was from Happy Birthday to Me. Correct. Yeah. And, which yeah. I reappropriated as the 1987 horror comedy Skewered. Yeah. Um. So, a <laughs> couple of things about this. I, oh, I forgot about that. Darren Gaskell uh, got in touch on Facebook uh, saying, I was very tempted to shout, It's Happy Birthday to Me, even without seeing the artwork, which I think he likes doing. I think um, likes trying to guess the poster as I describe it. Because, that's, that's what we want. That's the game. Yeah, I do try to describe quite thoroughly to be fair but he does say yeah he wanted to shout out he was like however i was listening to the podcast on my headphones and i was on a plane which is full of people so yeah maybe not the best way to shout happy birthday to me out loud also awesome could be misconstrued as just an
1: arrogant passenger that's what I was thinking <laughs> demanding <yeah. laughs> attention uh, on their birthday on their birthday yeah
0: I'd, I'd be like oh, look at this fucking asshole like, um, we also had uh, James Patrick Duffy on Facebook uh, saying no mention of the fact that it's clearly early 80s Paul McCartney which is a resemblance that I see oh, um, right. that image is on our uh, social media channels by the way if you want yeah, to go back yeah, they find always it. are every week um, <laughs> but yeah so um, Sheridan Knot finally like finally, my creative genius is getting a little bit of appreciation at Nazi on right. Twitter Mitch manages to create one of the best 80s movies never made, Skewered. Uh, Stevie from fan Stevie again getting in touch saying Mitch trying to guess the title of this film is pure comedy gold and um Dennis Extra Afferton, Den's beans on Twitter saying Andy laughed at Mitch so hard during this pitch I was genuinely feeling bad for him this is one of the best yet you could never guess this film's plot from the cover which oh, I think is definitely also true fucking amazing we've got a
1: lot to live up to with this week's uh, Mitch's pitches absolutely yeah which we're coming on to shortly but in the meantime controversial opinions abound uh, on this week's episode Mitch okay um, we had uh Chris Ellis get in touch on Twitter. Uh, right. Oh boy, 1982, saying just listen to the Halloween H2O episodes. Whilst I love your show, I can't stand by while this anti-Creed agenda is peddled. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is going to provide the soundtrack for one of WWE's best ever video
0: packages? <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing literally that's the, possibly of the things that I thought people would take a stand against I would say the anti-Creed stance is pretty low on the list pretty surprising as yeah, well yeah it, um,
1: it is there are a lot of times on this show that our opinions might sway slightly uh, we'll maybe come round a little bit to each other's way of thinking to some extent I would guarantee that neither Mitch or I will change our opinion on Creed yeah reasonably
0: unwavering yeah I want, um, I would say. they're not a good band Savage. <laughs> uh that concludes the feedback section I believe for yeah, this week. Yeah, th- th- yeah, that was just no that was it nice and quick today. Yeah, big thank you to everybody that got in touch. Um as always, we'll let you know how you can do that at the end of the show. So So <laughs> it sure is, Mitch's bitches. Um, got your phone at the ready? Uh, I sure do, I sure do. Image um, is winging its way to you as we speak. Okay, once again, very quickly, for anyone that is unfamiliar, Mitch's Pitches is a feature of the show designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment, and he will send me a photoshopped image of a poster for a horror movie from years gone by. He will remove the title and the tagline and all other identifying text, leaving only the image. I will describe the image to the best of my ability and also pitch what I believe the film is about and also if possible give it a title it's Mitch's pitches also we will put the images on all of our social media channels so you can see it for yourself that was fucking amazing I did that off the cuff Jesus Christ okay so I can confirm that the the message has arrived (laughs) the image (laughs) okay right right
1: Mm -hmm. running your eyes over that yeah I can Mm -hmm. see your eyes darting around crazily yeah okay Mm -hmm. quite a lot going on
0: yeah okay so as, uh, as,
1: uh, yeah, as much information as you can, please. Certainly, of um, course.
0: So, um, our perspective on this image is kind of through the bars of a what appears to be a large gate Right. In the front of a kind of mansion or manor house. Okay, yeah, sure. So, in the background of the image, we can see uh, some trees and yeah, aforementioned manor house and also a full moon. Uh, there is a long. Uh, long, long staircase, which seems to lead from the house all the way through its, like, sizable front garden. Uh-huh. Um, in fact, I would, I would say conservatively that this, this this path slash stairwell is possibly, like, one or two miles long. Um, <laughs> but the main focus of the image is um, a distressed-looking woman mm-hmm. uh, who is kind of holding on to the bars of the gate and screaming, she's kind of uh, she's wearing a kind of what like what appears to be some kind of like kind of gown with kind of frills kind of along the trim. Right. Okay. Uh, so kind of like a frilly kind of trim. She's yeah, she's screaming. She seems to be in a state of some distress. And uh, <laughs> so, but, which is interesting because it looks like she's running from something that you presume is chasing her out of the house. Mm-hmm. But also, two non-human-looking hands are reaching up from the ground and grabbing, but they're grabbing her knees. Like that's meeting her at the head of the path, as opposed to chasing her from the house, you know. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I've I've got nothing. That's my. That's that. That would say that's everything that you need to know. More or less. About yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So like. So uh, distressed, distressed woman grabbing gates in front of a mansion. Yeah. Uh, effectively. Okay. So I think I'm getting something here.
1: <laughs> okay. Make a, it sound like it's like well, it's like it's like a clear voice, like crossing it's over, coming through. The story's coming through to me. It's like crossing over with John Edward.
0: <laughs> um, right. Okay. So I'm gonna go with your main character, who I'm gonna say is the distressed woman from the poster. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is someone who goes to visit family members that she hasn't seen in a really long time. Right. And finds basically just kind of heighteningly sinister stuff going on. That basically culminates in—I don't want to say a de- demonic presence, but there are two hands reaching out to the ground and grabbing her. So, uh, so logline. So you're basically saying it's the visit. It's well, well, no, because because I, I, I basically am saying that there's a supernatural element to this. I'm going to go with it being a supernatural okay. element rather than it being the visit. Uh, but I am also not going to call it death visit <laughs> either. So my logline for this is going to be: Let's right, see, let's go. I'm going to say. A young woman reconnects with long lost family members and discovers that some relatives should stay estranged. Oh, I like that. It's not bad, eh? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. See, that's yep. the part that I'm good at.
1: All oh, right, okay. <laughs> now, the part that you're perhaps less good
0: at. Yeah. The title. Because apparently, Death Visit isn't good enough. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm just, I just want you to just
1: start adding the word death onto the title of films that are vaguely similar to the plot line that you've
0: put out. <laughs> yeah, you see how transparent that eventually gets. Death. Just be like, I call it death antiviral.
1: <laughs> death cellar dweller.
0: <laughs> death Halloween 3, season of The Witch. Okay, a title, right. So I'm not going to call it Death Visit. Right, okay, fair enough. But I am going to call it A Visit to Aunt Death. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> You're welcome.
1: A Visit to Aunt Death. A Visit
0: to Aunt Death, yes. The Aunt... 1989 supernatural horror. You think this poster's from 1989? Of course I don't. Taking a look, look at put it. Put me out right. the misery and tell me what it is.
1: <laughs> well, uh, if
0: you look at the image again, mm-hmm. what you will
1: find is the screaming young woman is actually... Linda Blair of The Exorcist fame. All right, okay. And the film in question is 1981, slasher, almost, Hell Knight. Okay, that's not as good a title as A Visit Talent Death, but... uh, Yeah, but Uh, but a title you absolutely wouldn't get from that image. (laughs) Oh, no, not at all. I mean, like, so what's what's the synopsis of Hell Knight? Well, just a quick aside before I go on to the synopsis. Okay. Hell Knight was uh, directed by a man called Tom DeSimone. Okay. Tom DeSimone's brother. Bob, featured in one of our previous discussions. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Harking away back to episode one, Bob DeSimone plays the creepy drug duck kind of orderly guy.
0: Snow flurries up your nose, yeah, yeah, is that, that guy? guy. Yeah,
1: Bob DeSimone, Tom DeSimone's brother, as yeah, that guy. Amazing. Everything's yeah. connected. Friday yeah. the 13th, part five. Correct. Wow. Uh, but yeah... Hell Knight. Uh, I actually really like Hell Knight. I think Hell Knight's quite underrated. Okay. Um, and I think more people should check out Hell Knight if they get the, op- the opportunity. Um, But it's about four college pledges. And as part of their kind of... Oh, the like um, hazing. Yeah. And as part of this, they've got to spend a night in this mansion where they're stopped by the kind of survivor of a family massacre years previously. Um, And the period costume that right. she's wearing, they're all dressed up. It's like a fancy dress type scenario. Okay. Yeah, one guy's like dressed like Robin Hood, and it's also got Peter Barton in it from a uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Four.
0: Oh, this sounds good. Sounds yeah. like something I'd like. You
1: should definitely check it out. I've got it knocking about up there. It should be one that we have a wee a wee night one night as well. Superb.
0: Yeah. No, sounds good. Uh, so so not a visit from Aunt, a visit to Aunt Death. then No, no sadly not, because okay. that does sound quite good. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the titles for these increasingly more goosebumpsy. I think. <laughs> I think that rather than trying to get it accurate as such, I think that I'm going to... always, Obviously, I'm going to try with the logline. I'm going to try and match the story. But I think with titles, I'm going to go deliberately. That's uh, fine. I'm going to try and go a little off book. Uh, So that's Mitch's Pitches for another week. We will, of course, share the image to Instagram, Facebook, and all that um, ahead of time. Yeah, sure. you can uh, play along. Uh, So next up, it's a podcast recommendation, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and it's um, your turn. It's my turn. So I'm going to... Go with a horror one this time. Obviously, I've gone a little off-book, literally, last time. I actually did <laughs> yeah. recommend off-book. So, uh, this week, I'm going to go with uh, The Little Pod of Horrors. Right. Um, which is a horror podcast that has a f- that kind of takes a few different formats. Beyond being a podcast. Well, the episodes take a few different formats. Ah, right, okay. So, you're, you're kind of a trifecta of hosts on this one. You've got uh, Gogs, Boz, and Timo. Yep, my three favourite Rage Hill characters. <laughs> um... <laughs> So they they've got um so like they kind of talk about pretty much all things horror ah, right. one here. So you've got three different types of episodes. You've got kind of specials, which are kind of reviews of horror festivals, things like oh, that. Sure. Well, kind of get around and get to those things. Uh, are you talking to me? Argue talking to yes. me, right? Okay, uh, which um, go on. I like our, this uh, things like where it's a uh, Boz and his wife, uh, Lavinia, watch a film and then discuss it afterwards. Kind of a video thing, oh, right, They okay. Often do kind of like um, they do kind of instant takes from films that like they see at the cinema, stuff like that. All oh, right, okay, um, which uh, they're good. And uh, B is for Boz episodes where Boz is joined by guests to discuss their projects or just talk about horror. Um, or one particular topic and things like that. All right, that sounds good. Um, it's all really good. Yeah, it's um it's been on the go for quite a long time as well. And um I know Boz from going to Fright Fest. Right, uh, yeah. A, um exceptionally nice guy. But it's a av- um it's available in all the usual places. Uh, you can get them on Twitter as well at Pod of Horrors and there's a blog there, thelittlepodofhorrors.wordpress.com, and the uh, main website there is thelittlepodofhorrors.com. So yeah, that's Sweet. fine this week. Yeah, yeah it's it's, cool. it's really good. It's worth the time. And uh, I guess all that's left to do is take a look ahead to this Friday's episode. Yes, indeed. And, uh, well, we've got a guest this week. Hey! Keeping up that streak. Oh, uh,
1: a hot, hot streak, I guess. Meaning that me and you don't have to talk to each other directly. Yeah, <laughs> always nice. Uh, like, I kind of feel like we do
0: enough of that anyway. Yeah, that's it? kind of that's kind of why having a guest there to break it up's helpful. Yeah, we breathe her. Um, uh, he is the founder of the London Horror Society. Oh. Uh, we are joined this week by Mr. Chris
1: Niles. Yes, indeed. And bringing a film which I think is a stone-cold classic. Excellent. So it's going back to 1988, right? Directed by Stan Winston, no less, and starring the always excellent Lance Henriksen. Okay. It's Pumpkinhead.
0: Yay! haven't seen it. Uh, you will. Uh, yeah, well, I'll have you, to. Will.
1: you will. You have to. You will. You'll have to. You You'll have to.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'll get around to that. Um. So yeah, there you go. This coming Friday, 8 a.m. BST. We are joined by Mr. Chris Niles to discuss Pumpkinhead. So looking forward to that. Um. In the meantime, please do get in touch. Uh. About. Any of the nonsense you've heard on the show today, <laughs> any of the nonsense you've heard on previous shows, any other comments, you can do that. Facebook and Instagram, we are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us at StrongViolentPC and you can email us at scenes at gmail.com. Yep, and of course, there's loads of places you can listen. Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts,
1: Podbean and iTunes. And if you are listening on iTunes, please subscribe and rate and review.
0: Yeah, if you could do that, that would be great. Yeah, we'd love you. So join us Friday if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chads. Good night. Good night.
1: You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean.